Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your favorite podcast where we recap and reflect on the outrageous mystical activities throughout history of the whole gang from Mystic Falls, Virginia. My name is Beth, and I'm joined, as always, by my esteemed co-host, Claire, and we are super pumped to bring you season three, episode three, The Affair, which I'm just going to say it has been my favorite. This is my favorite episode of the whole series so far. The end of the affair. Oh, the end of the affair. (laughs) Sorry. I like it so much that I don't even know what it's called. Oh, yay. I I started correcting you so soon. (laughs) Well, we made it in 35 seconds, so that's good. Yes, this is a really good, this is a classic episode, a whole new era to flashback to, and it's very special to us because a lot of the episode takes place in Chicago, which is where Beth lives and I used to live and where we met. Yes! Oh my gosh. There's so much good stock footage. Yeah, and so much set footage or footage shot somewhere that's clearly not Chicago Mm -hmm. and seems like they didn't even try. Yep. But... (laughs) We'll get to that. We'll be Chicago purity snobs, I'm sure, throughout this episode. Yes. Well, I have a lot to say. Yes. <laughs> so we kick off the episode um, with Damon receiving a phone call. Mm-hmm. And it's someone who's in a phone booth. And I'm like, what year is it? And it turns out that it's Catherine. So Catherine's been hiding out for the whole season, it seems like so far. Yeah, we haven't seen her this season yet. And I had kind of forgotten that she was a thing. Me too. I thought that she was going to be on the lam for a while and just like not around. Yeah. I mean, she is on the lam. And yes. that's the only explanation for why she's in the phone booth. Because it's like she could have compelled anybody to give her a cell phone, but that's traceable. Oh, good point. Good point. So... Um, We don't know where she's calling from, but she is teasing Damon as usual about how she has information. And he figures out that she knows where Klaus and Stefan are because she says she is as far away from them as she possibly can be. Right. And um, Damon's kind of like, well, how do you know where they are? Like, how do you get this information? And Catherine's like, listen, when you've been on the road for 500 years, you have people looking out for you and you have people telling you information. Yeah. So. She's basically like mm-hmm. Varys in the Game of Thrones. <laughs> right. She's got people giving her the deets. Mm-hmm. She's got little birdies whispering into her ear. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Damon and Catherine have their very Damon and Catherine banter about it, but she's given him a lead to be able to find Stefan. And he's like, oh, so you're looking out for Stefan now? And she's all like, maybe. Ooh. We don't know what her plan is yet, but she's always up to something. She is. That lady be conniving. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of Stefan, we find him and Klaus, and they're in some, like, warehouse or something. And stuff in this whole episode is basically just over and over being like, what's the deal? Why? What are we doing? Why do you still need me? Ugh. Yeah. And he's being a whiny little brat. He is. But uh, Klaus is really being dramatic about it and drawing things out. But he says, welcome back to Chicago, Stefan. Welcome back? Stefan's been to Chicago? Oh. OMG. So throughout the episode, we begin to learn about Stefan's sordid past in Chicago. Yeah, sometimes Klaus is telling stories. Sometimes, spoiler alert, it's being read from Stefan's diary. (laughs) Oh, yes. His old ass diary that looks like it's from 1492, (laughs) but is really only like 80 years old. Yep. Anyway, we'll get to that. 
Uh, but Klaus right now is like narrating something about the Ripper of Monterey <laughs> cut a bloody swath through whatever, blah, blah, blah. And we see Stefan in an old-timey car in Chicago drinking from a lady. Oh, and at yes. first there's like sounds coming from the car, like this is the Titanic and Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio are fucking in this car, but yeah. no, he's draining this lady. Yeah. He does have on a quite dapper suit, though. Yeah. In most of the flashbacks, he looks really silly, but this one actually suits him. Yeah, it does. His hair's a little silly, yeah. but... But it's not a wig. <laughs> no, it's definitely not a wig. It's definitely his <laughs> own hair. Um, so, yeah, Stefan stops feeding on this woman and enters a speakeasy. So he's kind of like going through this like secretive hallway, very like Chicago prohibition era. Mm-hmm. Um, and he walks in and it's just like very like great Gatsby-esque kind yeah. of deal. Because it's the 20s. Mm-hmm. It's this giant club. And I'm like, what is this supposed to be based on? Is this like the Green Mill or something? Yeah, the club seemed very unlikely to me. How huge it was and yeah. like how cr- how crowded it was. Mm-hmm. Because- and they had like champagne towers where they were just like <laughs> continuously pouring champagne onto it. All the full glasses so it what goes on the floor. Yeah, they were. It didn't make sense. And the costumes were like very like... Halloween costume e. I like felt Avenue. like yes. <laughs> there you go. Like I had the same um, flapper costume as one of the characters was wearing. Oh yeah, yeah. I have a picture of that in my house. Yes, um, not in a creepy way. <laughs> it's okay, even if it isn't a creepy. You gave way. it to me as a housewarming present when I moved out of our house. <laughs> I gave you a picture of myself in a flapper. Oh, it was costume. all of us on Halloween. Oh, okay. Good. I was like, that seems like a very bold move. Appropriately, I was dressed as Edward Cullen that year, so it could have been a scene from this episode. Yes, it's a crossover. Well, we predicted our fu- our own future. That's spooky. It is. Anyway, yes. the Vampire Diaries. Right. So Stefan's walking through, and um, he... This was weird because he walks in and there's a woman who's singing and she has like a really good voice and they just start speaking with each with each other like during her performance. She's like, oh, hey, Stefan. Or maybe, you know, she's like, like, everybody, it's Stefan. Like, this is fucking cheers or something. (laughs) Right. So he's like, hey, Gloria. Um, And then a blonde woman comes up to Stefan and like they kind of make eyes at each other for a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And she kind of walks up to him and licks his lips. And she's Mm -hmm. like, you're still wearing your date. She's lovely. So indicating that this woman is also a vampire because she's tasted the blood on Stefan's lips. And that's a really bold move. Just going up to a stranger (laughs) and licking their face. It is like kind of disgusting. Like, you don't know where he's been. That's how you get oral herpes. Yes. Or something worse. Although, can vampires get herpes? Can they get diseases? But they heal so fast. So I'm wondering, like, maybe they get it for, like, ten minutes and then it self-heals. So probably vampires, especially Damon, have a lot of STDs (laughs) that just continually heal themselves, but then they pass them on to all the humans. Oh, right. Probably. Well, that's fun. Watch out, Elena. Uh, so yeah, we don't know this girl's deal, but she seems like she's going to be important. And then we go back to the present day and Stefan's like, well, that's all nice and fun, but what the fuck are we doing here? Yes. And Klaus is like, we're here to see our favorite witch. 
oh snap, there's the Chicago witch. I wonder if she's black. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then the worst part of the episode yes. happens oh where I want to tell you tell so the much, people. but okay. So I currently work in overnight shifts, so I'm awake at really weird times. So usually we watch the episode together, but we both watch this one on our own first. And I was watching it at three in the morning, and I really wanted to yell, but I didn't want to wake up my neighbors because the next scene, Elena wakes up or she's sleeping, and it pans out, and Damon is in her fucking bed, like cuddling her. Ugh. And she wakes up and she screams, obviously. She's like, get the fuck out of here. I'm like, finally, an appropriate reaction, except she doesn't take it to its logical conclusion of leave my house immediately. Yes. Because Damon's like, oh, I guess you don't want to come with me to find Stefan, huh? Yeah, he really buried the lead on that one. That's why he was there. But instead, he just had to creep on her and violate her physical space. And wake her up at 6 a.m., which is almost as bad. Yes, also very rude. (laughs) Not everybody is me and, like, coming to the end of their work day at 6 a.m. Right. And then he just keeps getting creepier because he stands up and he is, I guess, trying to, like, move her along by getting her clothes ready. And he goes into his under or into Elena's underwear drawer and pulls out like a red pair and he's like put these on the yes pile and I couldn't stop vomiting yeah it's like violation after violation but also Elena has a lot of red lacy lingerie for a 17 year old she does. or no she's 18 now sorry so it makes sense now once a woman turns 18 she receives her lifetime supply of red lacy <laughs> underwear it's kind of like oh in the olden times when a woman was getting married People would, like, give her her lingerie as, like, a bridal gift. Yes. Weird. It is weird. The patriarchy. I know. Oh, that's so sad now that I kind of step back and think about it. Now it is time for you to fuck this man for eternity whenever he wants. Here's one nightgown. (laughs) So it keeps on going from bummer to bummer because then we go down to the mystery dungeon where Caroline is still tied up and she is yelling, she's calling for her daddy. Daddy, where are you? What's going on? And suddenly, like, vervain mist starts coming in through the vents (laughs) like poison gas. Yeah. I think, is that when Bill walks in? Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, Caroline's dad's name is Bill and he's locked her in this torture dungeon and and it's literally a torture dungeon this time like it was designed for that yes so he like walks in and he like starts explaining to Caroline about like the history of this room and about how it's always been used to like capture vampires and it's so Caroline straight up chained up to a chair a super strong like reinforced steel chair yes because of her vampire strength and her dad like starts questioning her he's like how can you walk in the sunlight and she's like a little bit hesitant to tell him but then she explains that it's because of the ring that she's been wearing so then her dad takes off her ring and throws it on the ground and he's like she starts to get nervous because you know why did he take off her ring? Because in this vampire torture chamber, there's a giant window that her dad opens on her back. Ugh. And she starts burning alive. Yeah. First, he, like, dangles a blood bag in front of her Oh, face. yeah. And I have to ask, how do you just get a blood bag? They're everywhere. 
Do you just go in the hospital and be like, I'd like one O negative, please? Like, it's a bar? I guess. But he puts it in front of her face so she gets a face boner and then opens the sun window. There's, like, a chain that he can pull that opens the blinds. Mm-hmm. That's specifically for vampire torture. And she's screaming and burning, and it's terrible. And I feel very bad for her. And this is what happens when you fuck Tyler Lockwood. <sighs> It's so sad. Like, Caroline's been through so much, and, like, it's just one shitstorm after another. Mm-hmm. So her dad is pretty much explaining that it's blood that controls Caroline's actions and that this is how he's going to be able to fix her by, like, dangling blood in front of her face and, like, conditioning her to associate it with pain. Yeah, sure, Bill. Go back to Psych 101. Go back to Myrtle Beach. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that where he lived? Probably. <laughs> I... Maybe I made it up, but in my head, he lives in um, in Myrtle Beach. Go back to Fire Island. Yes. So anyway, uh, we go then to Damon and Elena on the road. Mm-hmm. And they're going to Chicago to find Stefan because he figured out that they're there. And he hands over Stefan's diary from those days, which again, looks like a relic dug out of like an ancient tomb. It does. <laughs> it looks hilarious. Like, it's like the most the dusty modern- ass book. <laughs> yeah. And the binding does not look like it was a diary from like the 20s. It yeah. looks like an ancient tome or something. <laughs> right. It's like they just went into the 1864 prop room to get the diary. <laughs> yeah. And Elena's like, I don't need to read Stefan's diary. I trust him. He can tell me his life himself. But excuse me. I would read that if I was her. I know. He's never going to tell you. He doesn't tell you anything. Right? you got to get this information for yourself. I know. So Damon then takes the book back and starts reading it while driving. It was so dangerous. He's not looking at the road at all. When he's not looking at the book, he's looking at Elena. And he reads some passage like... The blood takes me over. I can't control myself. Blah, blah, blah. Like very emo stuff and murder stuff. Mm-hmm. And Elena's like, Ugh. does Damon like go through and like read a couple of different excerpts at this point? I don't remember. Yeah. I was mostly just like eyes on the road. Eyes on yeah, the road. It was very distracting. <laughs> I was worried for Elena's safety, even though I know this is TV and she's the main character. They're not going to kill her in a car accident in season or in episode three of a season. <laughs> That's Although true. that would be bold. It would. It would. <laughs> and it wouldn't surprise me if it was on this show, really. <laughs> so anyway, Damon is being a dick, as usual, but at least, like, he's not touching her underwear or in her bed right now. So, baby steps. Yeah, we gotta take what we can get with that one. Yeah. And so, then I think we go to another flashback. Yes, yeah, so we flashback to the speakeasy... And I think that at this point, we get more interaction between Stefan and this mysterious blonde woman. Yeah, she's dancing with some jabroni, and <laughs> Stefan's over with, like, a bunch of dudes. Right. And they're, mm-hmm. like, frat guys basically making a ruckus. And so the blonde lady goes over and is like, excuse me, I'm trying to listen to the music. Could you pipe down? And I was like, you go, girl, because they were being annoying and loud, and they were interrupting Gloria's beautiful song. Yeah. Gloria is a very lovely singer, Mm -hmm. and she makes a big deal whenever you come into the bar, and you're being very rude. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, it's great that she did that, but it's also clearly, like, love-hate flirting situation. Yes. Like, we know something's going to go down with these two. There's definitely some tension between Stefan and uh, this blonde woman. Blondie. 
And then we go to the present day where, oh my gosh, Klaus and Stefan walk into the very same bar, but it's all like modern-ish now. It looks like the Mystic Grill, but somewhere else. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like with round tables instead of square tables. Mm -hmm. But it had the same general vibe. Yes, and it has a big sign that says Gloria's. And we're like, OMG, that's the same name as the singer had at the speakeasy. And who should walk out but Gloria herself, who (laughs) explains that she has used herbs and spells (laughs) to slow down the aging process. So she looks older and she has white hair, but she looks pretty good for like 90. Yes. Yeah, she looks like she might be, like, 60. Yeah, tops. But she's got to be, like, pushing 100 at least. Right, yeah, for sure. But she has the same haircut, so that's how we knew that it was her. Yes. And she is the witch that Klaus was talking about. And, of course, she is. She was the only black person in this episode so far. Right. And, as we all know, black people are witches. Mm-hmm. And... Klaus wants to consult her about his problem making hybrids because, as we might recall from his trip to the woods, all of those werewolves died. And he's not really too happy about it. Right. So he reiterates to Gloria that he did all of the things that he needed to do. He killed the doppelganger. He sacrificed a werewolf and whatever other eight things that he had to do. Aunt Jenna. Aunt Jenna. R.I.P. girl. (laughs) So... He's like, we need to figure out why turning the hybrids isn't working. So then Gloria's all like, well, every spell does have a loophole, but in order to figure out what is going on, we're going to need to contact the person who created the spell in the first place, who is actually the original witch. Yes. And Klaus is like, well, she dead. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what we're going to do about that. But Gloria says... Bring me Rebecca. She has what I need to contact the original witch. And then we're like, who's Rebecca? But we find out. Is it Rebecca Black? (laughs) Friday, Friday. That would be a twist. (laughs) It would. Is it in the front seat or the back seat? Everybody's working for the weekend. (laughs) I'm sorry. We need to stop. So this whole time, Stefan's like looking around behind the bar and he gets this shocked look on his face because he sees a photograph and he goes to class and he's like what the fuck is this and he holds up this picture of him and klaus in Mm -hmm. the 1920s like bro hugging each other and smiling for the camera like the broiest of bros yes like tbt gloria's 1922 (laughs) or whatever the hashtag brothers Oh my gosh, that freaked me out though. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, what? How is this possible? (laughs) It's also super weird that that picture has just been like hanging out next to the cash register for the past 80 years, pretty much. I guess more like 60, but. This was where I really wished we were watching the episode together again. I miss your reactions to these revelations. I was like, I was like all bug eyed. (laughs) It was quite shocking. We've been hearing these, like, mysterious statements from Klaus, like, oh, I have a reason why I want you with me. Mm -hmm. And now, another piece of the puzzle. They knew each other. But I was thinking, like, why doesn't Stefan remember if he took this picture with Klaus already? So, we find that out. It's a mystery. 
But in the meantime, we have to check in real quick with Sheriff Forbes. <laughs> oh, yeah, for like two seconds. Right. This was the shortest scene ever. So I really loved this scene, though. So Sheriff Forbes is like walking into her house, like putting down her purse or whatever on like the little table. And she's on her cell phone and she's like, hey, Caroline, it's mom just checking in. It's I'm coming back from like multiple late nights at the station. I've been working so hard, even though you've been telling me not to. And I'm just like, Sheriff Forbes, you don't do anything. Like, <laughs> this is just so hilarious that you're pulling all of these nighter- all-nighters down at the station. But anyway, it, what we learned from this um, scene is that Sheriff Forbes hasn't heard from Caroline in a while. And what we see is Tyler's kind of creeping outside the door and he gives it a knock. And mm-hmm. that's the end of the scene. Yes. So at least maybe finally somebody is realizing that Caroline is missing. Yeah. And I guess it's been a couple of days. Because last episode, Caroline was gone all day and nobody noticed. Mm-hmm. And... She was gone overnight because Tyler had his world of transformation. So it's probably been at least two days now that she's been in this dungeon. And that sucks. It does. And we cut over to there real quick after this scene where her dad is continuing to torture her and, like, trying to train her to associate the blood bags with, like, the pain that he's imparting upon her. Mm -hmm. And she keeps on, like, begging him, like, Dad, I can handle the urges. There's no way to... Like, get me to stop wanting blood. It's who I am. And this entire thing with Caroline and her dad is, like, a really well-executed coming-out metaphor and, like, conversion therapy. Mm. Which is ironic, considering that Bill is the only gay character. Right, yeah. And it's really heartbreaking when you view it that way. It's like, he's found out that her daughter is a vampire, Mm -hmm. and he wants to cure her and fix her. And change her natural urges. And she's like, no, I I can't change who I am. Like, why can't you just love me? And it's heartbreaking. And, like, surprisingly nuanced. Although also a little bit, like, hammering the nail on the head. But I don't know. This plotline always really gets me. Yeah, it was, was, like, hard to watch. Yeah. And you, like, hear her skin burning. Mm -hmm. And you see it, like, all... Bernie. Ugh. It's gross. Poor Caroline. Yeah. I'm going to say that eight times in this episode. Please least. do. We need to give her credit for all that she's been through, like multiple torture sessions with different people, including her own father. Ugh. No Fuck thanks. You, Bill Forbes. Yeah. Uh, so then we go to Chicago where Damon and Elena have arrived and they're in Seven's apartment building. And yes. now I didn't understand this. Apparently, Stefan lived in this building in the 20s, and mm-hmm. his apartment has been preserved with his stuff this entire time. Like, why and how? Right, so... Does he just, like, own it? He must. Yeah, I think that he owns it, but they walk in, and, like, everything's perfect. It's, like, not dusty. Like, there's no, like, old cobwebs or, like, stains anywhere from being abandoned for however many years. Yeah. It does not look like a Chicago apartment building. It does building. not look like a Chicago apartment building. It is not decorated for the times. Yeah. But Elena is, like, throwing shade on it. She's like, Stefan could have lived anywhere, and he chose here. It was big. I'm like, what's wrong with this building? I know. Like, not... I guess it's no Salvatore boarding house. <laughs> right. That's true. But I think the decorating scheme there is all Damon. Yeah. It's too dark for Stefan, at least Stefan's old personality. Yeah. But then Damon's like, 
oh, I'm going to show you stuff in secrets. And he, like, pulls out a bookshelf to reveal a hidden room with a bunch of alcohol in Mm -hmm. it. And she's like, oh, Stefan hid his booze. How terrible. Yeah. And then Elena, yeah, no, there's, there's more. So they kind of walk into the booze pantry a little bit more and you see just this really long list of names, like with like five columns going all the way up and down the wall. And Stefan is like, this is the list of names of people that he's murdered. Damon. Oh, Damon (laughs) says, this is the list of names of people that Stefan's murdered. And you see that Giuseppe Salvatore is the first one on the list. Ooh, I missed that. Yeah. That little perk. Oh. <laughs> wow. So he wrote down all their names. But why? But why? We don't know. Yeah. And Elena says something here like, okay, so while Stefan was like murdering up the joint in Chicago, what were you doing? Paving the way for women's liberation? That I I didn't write that down. That is a weird thing to say. It was really random yeah. and very sassy, but like completely apropos of nothing. Right, and like now is not the time to defend Stefan yeah. Elena. Like, like <laughs> you just see his murder list, and yeah. you're like trying to throw Damon under the bus. I don't understand Elena. Uh, I don't understand her at all. I don't either. Girl is slipping in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody is ridiculous in this episode. (laughs) They really are. Oh my goodness. I mean, they're not as idiotic as they were last week, but they're not much better. No. So then we go back to Klaus and Stefan, and Klaus starts to explain the origin story of his relationship with Stefan. He's like, well, we didn't get off to a very good start. So at first, Klaus was really skeptical of Stefan because he sees him at Gloria's with the blonde. Mm -hmm. And he's like, who is this fucker? And we see Stefan and the lady at the bar. And they're just going to town on the same lady's neck at the same time. Yeah. And like, is this how it was with him and Lexi and Bon Jovi? Probably. It was a very sensual moment. (laughs) Yeah. And... I think in this scene, we see that Rebecca is wearing a very familiar necklace. Yes. It's the necklace that Stefan gave to Elena with the vervain in it. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. I'm not going to lie. It took me till much later in this episode, possibly the next episode before I realized (laughs) that it was the same necklace. Um, But, yep, she sure is wearing it. So Klaus slides in. He's like, what's up, motherfuckers? And I forgot what happened. Oh yeah, so pretty, so pretty much is like, hey Nick. <laughs> no, Rebecca is like, hey Nick, and I'm like, who's Nick? Because I forgot that Klaus's name is Nick Klaus. Yeah. Um, everybody calls him Nick in the 20s. Right. Yeah. It's weird. He grew out of it. It's like when a little kid's name is like Bobby, and then everyone calls him Bob when he gets old. Or Robert. Or Robert. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, so. At first, like, Klaus is being kind of weirdly possessive over Rebecca, and he's like, who are you, like, making out with? Like, what's going on? Like, this is creepy. I'm bored. Let's leave. And she's like, no, I'm hanging out with Stefan. So here we establish that um, Rebecca is Klaus's sister. Yes. Oh, and the blonde is Rebecca. And the blonde is Rebecca. In case we didn't already figure that out. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, At one point, she's like, you're not my boyfriend. Yeah. And he says, you're my sister. And like, that's the weirdest way to reveal that. Like, I try to think if I was like hanging out with my brother Uh and he was being an asshole 
and possessive and like controlling I would not be like you're not my boyfriend like why would it matter why would it make right. a difference like you could boss me around if you were my boyfriend and also like why even put that image into anybody's mind yeah I don't know I thought that was bad writing sorry vampire diaries writers it, it was bad writing but yes they are siblings which means that Rebecca is an original wow OMG and Stefan in the present is like so I knew another original vampire <laughs> wow so it keeps on switching between present day Stefan and Klaus and flashback Stefan and Klaus right and so in the present they have walked into this warehouse where suddenly there's some coffins Mm -hmm. and Stefan pops one open and surprise it's Rebecca with a dagger in her chest but she's still wearing her flapper dress right it's like the same outfit Mm -hmm. so she's wearing the same outfit in like all these flashbacks doesn't she yes and it's different days I think it is supposed to be different days but everybody's wearing the same outfits I feel like it's very weird it's harder to tell with men because men's fashion is more boring Mm -hmm. but then in the flashback they're sitting at a table talking uh, the three of them and one of them is like oh what happened or seven s class what happened to the rest of their family and he's like well i killed most of them and yes. rebecca says that there was a time when everybody had to choose a side and she's the only one who chose the right side yeah okay girl if you say so and then something like super creepy starts to happen like oh even creepier than everything else that's been going on um so klaus rebecca and stefan are like sitting around the table like old pals and this one guy comes up to them and he, he like vaguely threatens to call like the chicago police yeah, he's like, where's my wife right yes yeah he's looking for his wife and then he wants to call the chicago police on klaus and stefan so Stefan is not having it. So he's like, oh, I'm like so scared of the police. Why don't you have a seat with us? And he compels this guy to sit down. Mm-hmm. And then his wife comes over and he compels her to sit down too. Yeah. And the most hilarious part. So she's the one that Stefan and Rebecca were sharing. Oh, earlier. okay. And she is wearing the 1920s version of the scarf to hide the neck bites. Ooh. It's like a silk scarf. <laughs> That goes really well with her outfit. Yes. I missed that that was the same lady. Okay. That makes more sense now why this guy is so upset. Yeah. So, like, she had already been compelled. And so Stefan just, like, beckons her over. Uh-huh. And they sit down. And he just, like, takes her wrist and slices it and starts bleeding her into a champagne glass. Ugh. Yes. And it was, like, a lot of blood. And it was thick. Yeah. And the husband's like, what the fuck are you doing? And Stefan's like, have a drink. Yes. Ugh. Oh my gosh. So like he's compelling this guy to drink his wife's blood while she's like sitting right there. Yeah. And well, he sends her off to get bandaged up. Oh, okay. And he compels the husband to drink his wife's blood and he just looks like so freaked out the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it was really gross. It was really gross. And Stefan is living his life. He is. And like Klaus is living for it. Yeah. And then Stefan's like, what's your name? Um, And the guy's like, Liam Grant. So he shares this tidbit of personal information about himself as this is going on. Yeah. And then Stefan makes him finish the whole cup of blood. And it's nasty. But now Klaus is on board the Stefan train. Yeah. He's like, this guy's fucked up enough for me. Yeah. Love it. 
And then I think we go to present day at Gloria's and Damon strolls in. Because Damon has left Elena alone at Stefan's apartment. She wanted to come with. Right. And he's like, no, you can, you stay here and come up with a real plan and I'll go and find Stefan. Like, what? that doesn't make any <laughs> no, sense on any level. Idea. But okay. Right. And I think that um, Klaus, too, like, right as Damon is going over to Gloria's, he's like, see, Stefan, we go way back and you trusted me with your secrets in the past and I'm going to oh, right. be able to prove it to you. Yeah. And so Damon goes to talk to Gloria, and she knows him, too. But I don't think we see them... We don't see Damon in any of the flashbacks this episode, do we? No, we don't. Mm-mm. But they're acquainted. And Gloria makes some comment about how she always liked Damon better than Stefan. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Because we might remember that back in the day, Stefan was the crazy, uncontrollable vampire, and Damon was kind of the Mary Sue. <laughs> My how times have changed. Really? But he's trying to get info on Klaus and Stefan, and she tells him that they're going to be there tonight, I think. Yep. Yeah. And Damon's, like, trying to flirt with her and tells her, like, how good she looks and that if he had known that she was going to age the way that she did, he would have never left Chicago and all of this sassy stuff. She's just like, fuck off. Yeah. I have have other shit She's a busy woman. She's running a bar. Yes. She's been running this bar for 150 years or whatever. Oh my god, right? Can you imagine working for that long? Oh no my thanks. god, I know. Like, you're a witch. Get Magic yourself some money and retire. Right? Amen. So, <laughs> is this where we can go back to Elena at Stefan's apartment? Yep, and she's made herself right at home. Mm-hmm. She's like sitting in a darkened room reading Stefan's diary. And it's like all these little excerpts from like the course of several years where he's complaining about the urges and talking about Lexi coming Mm -hmm. to straighten him out and it's really stupid (laughs) it is stupid so like the main gist of it is that like the earlier entries he's like my thirst for blood is real all I do is kill everyone in my path and then it's like Lexi's coming and she's trying to help me by drinking animal blood and it's not the same my cravings are so strong and then it continues like I had a good time with Lexi today Um, I'm becoming like more of myself again and then like the last one that Elena's reading out loud he's like Lexi's trying to teach me how to laugh again oh yeah yeah and then Elena does like a little smile and I'm just like rolling my eyes I'm like oh Lexi I know it's like for the amount of screen time Lexi actually had and like the legend of Lexi yeah really out of proportion but I have so much fondness for the character I do too I really do I'm still mad at Damon for killing her yeah that's all I could that's all I could think about like when I was reading this or when I was reading this part, <laughs> when I was watching this part. Uh, but then, unfortunately, this uh, diary reading session is interrupted when Stefan and Klaus get to the apartment. Yes. So, bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Shockingly, Stefan is returned to the apartment he owns in Chicago while he's in Chicago. Damon and Elena are so smart. Right. Also, I felt like this was a little bit of a plot hole because... Why can't Stefan remember anything about Chicago, but he remembers where his apartment is? I feel like he has selective memory loss from the time. Because yeah. he keeps on saying, like, oh, I kind of remember Chicago, but it's hazy and spotty. Right. And the diary did have him saying, like, oh, I black out for big periods of time. And yeah, so I guess you would still like remember that. your address, at least. 
Yeah, and I mean, he's got to be paying the bills on this place or something. <laughs> so he is. Yeah. Um, so Elena's like, fuck. And she hides in the murder name closet. Yes. So Klaus has come to Stefan's apartment to kind of reveal the secret that Stefan trusted him with in the past. Mm-hmm. So Klaus is like wandering in. He goes over to the secret bookshelf. He opens up um, and he's like, remember, this is all part of your ritual. You write down people's names just so you could relive the kill later. And he opens up the pantry mm-hmm. and he does a quick look in, but not all the way. Yeah, but then Stefan goes in to see the names, and <laughs> Elena's cowering in the corner, and they just make really intense eye contact for, like, five straight minutes. Mm-hmm. And Stefan says, hey, Klaus, look what I found. And Elena thinks that she's about to die. Yep. But instead, he grabs one of the bottles of scotch, and he's like, 1918, let's get crunk. Right. Uh, so Elena's safe for now, but that was a close call. Yeah. And it's really ridiculous that Klaus opened that closet and couldn't use his vampire sense, vampire slash werewolf senses to hear her breathing, smell her. Like, when they walked into the apartment, he's like, something's different here. Something's oh, weird. Yeah. Do you feel it? And Stefan's like, it's been vacant for 80 years. Probably some vagrants have come through or something. Like, yeah, that somehow it's perfectly pristine. Klaus is really not on the ball right now. No. So, Elena's safely locked back in the closet. Stefan and Klaus are going to get a crunk on some very old scotch. And then I think we cut to Elena with a vervain uh, needle waiting for Damon to get home and looking really freaked the fuck out. Oh, yeah. And he comes in totally nonchalant. Apparently they talked on the phone, so he knows what happened, but he is not concerned at all. Right. It doesn't seem like Damon. Like, he would be like, oh my god, is she okay? Yeah, he would be, like, panicking. Yeah. Ugh. But he arrives, then promptly insults her. Yeah. um, Because he's like, listen, we need to get changed so we could head over to Gloria's because Stefan and Klaus are going to be there later. You are all road trippy and gross, so change into this and take a shower. (laughs) And the, his cunning plan is that he's going to distract Klaus while she talks to Stefan. Great plan. Yeah. Wow. Geniuses. <laughs> How long did you think about this one? Right. And then Elena starts to be like a little bit hesitant, I think, because she just had her life flash before her eyes. Yeah. And then Damon's all like, listen, we need to get this done. Tell me that you're going to be able to do this. And he's just kind of like pressuring her. Yeah. And... It's kind of weird, like, Damon's the one who's more into rescuing Stefan now than Elena. Right. So then we go back to the 20s. Or maybe there's a little bit of modern cause for us being like, what what does he say? Yeah, I think that Klaus and Stefan are chatting again about their history. And um, Klaus tells Stefan that, he really used to want to be his wingman and Stefan is like yeah you liked the way that I tortured innocent people and like Mm -hmm. that's what drew you to me so it's kind of weird um like Stefan's still trying to like wrap his head around the fact that they knew each other and trying to like make it make sense in his head that he would be around this horrible dude Mm -hmm. like even in his ripper days but then in the flashback 
uh, he and Klaus are sitting at a table together, and Klaus is talking about his siblings. And Stefan's like, listen, fuck those guys. They were just jealous that you're a hybrid. Like, they just want to be as cool and special as you. You're a king. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Stefan was Klaus's hype man. He totally was. And you, like, see the look over um, over Klaus's eyes. Like, yeah, like, I am a king. And, like, yeah. ugh, it was creepy. And they were, like, actually really good friends, apparently, which is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they cheers he, to their friendship. Yeah. And Klaus is like, but listen, buddy, uh, Rebecca doesn't do anything by halves, so, including falling in love. But when she leaves you, don't worry, it's just her nature. Right. That was weird. It's like a strange version of the don't break my sister's heart speech, except my sister's going to break your heart. <laughs> yeah. It's strange. And then in present day, Seth and... and Klaus do a friendship shot. Also a glorious. Oh. It's like the past and the present are copying each other. Whoa. That's not the phrase that I was looking for, but you know what I mean. We get it. We get it. (laughs) Then I think we go back to the dungeon. Oh, we do. Yeah, so it's just more of the same um, over there. So Caroline's back is, like, all tore up and burnt. Mm -hmm. Um, She's, like, again telling her dad, like, listen, I don't need to be fixed. I can't be fixed. And Bill is all like, listen, I need you to keep trying your best because I really don't want to have to kill you. And And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, he's like, when Mayor Carol Lockwood called me and told me what happened, I need you to know, I hung up the phone and I went and I cried. And I'm like, oh, Oh. boo-hoo. Like, poor Bill. I feel so bad for you right now. He's like, if I don't fix you, I'm going to have to kill you. So you need to work harder than you've ever worked before. And she's like, bitch, it's not possible. I know. Like, what does he expect? She's just going to never eat again? I guess, because he's like, all right, well, we're going to have to try again tomorrow. Because the sun has gone down. Right. <laughs> and he leaves the room, and who's there but Sheriff Forbes Sheriff actually Forbes. doing boop, boop. a good goddamn job for once in her life, pointing a gun at her ex-husband and mm-hmm. being like, get the fuck out of here, get away from my daughter. And then Sheriff Forbes calls in Tyler for backup. Yeah. It's so good. Uh-huh. And, and, then and Tyler... she fires a warning shot. Oh, yes, she does. That was awesome. And she actually doesn't hit him. Well, I don't think she was trying. I know, but you know how Sheriff Forbes' gun oh, yes. skills are. <laughs> True. She didn't shoot him in the chest like Jeremy Gilbert. <laughs> yep. Who, thank God, was not in this episode. Uh, I know. That's why this is my favorite episode. Yeah. No Jeremy and no Matt. Ugh, blessed. And Tyler was being good for once. He was. He was being useful. So after Sheriff Forbes sh- fires her warning shot, Tyler goes down and um, busts open into the vampire torture chamber and... Um, picks Caroline up from the chair and carries her out and you see like all of her wounds again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, thank God we didn't have to have like several episodes of this. I know. Yeah, like just those couple of scenes, like, I mean, I feel like there was like three or four of them, but they were enough. Yeah. And like Bill and Sheriff Forbes like have a little bit of a conversation where he's like, we have to do this for her because we love her. And she's like, fuck you. Yeah. Bang. <laughs> good poor caroline yeah she deserves so much better than like everything in her life mm-hmm. but at least she's not in a torture chair anymore looking on the bright side 
So back to Stefan and Klaus, Stefan finally asked the question we've all been wondering. He's like, so if we were such good friends, then why do I only know you as, quote, the hybrid dick who sacrificed my girlfriend on an altar of fire? Wow. Good oh, you burnt, Klaus. Yes. And accurate. And so we see another flashback to them all hanging out of the bar. And suddenly, Klaus, like, his spider sense tingles and... He looks confused, and then gunshots ring out, and it's like, the cops are here, but they're shooting up the bar for some reason, because yep. that's how they dealt with speakeasies in the 20s. Just, that makes sense. Just murder everybody. <laughs> right. Spray it with bullets. But uh, I think Rebecca picks one of them up, and she's like, it's a wooden bullet. He's here. Right. Who's he? We don't know. But she and Klaus are freaked the fuck out. And they go running for the exit, and Rebecca's necklace falls off at this point and gets left on the floor in all of the debris. Oh, right. And Klaus, like, drags her off, and we see him go to Stefan, and he's like, Listen, Stefan, I'm about to give you a forget-me-now. It's been real. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he compels Stefan to forget him and Rebecca. Right. And then Klaus says something that actually made me like him a little bit, because he's like, thank you, I forgot what it was like to have a brother. Oh, yeah. And brotherhood is a big theme of the show, mm-hmm. like, and we know what happened with his actual brother. <laughs> and all of his other siblings. Yeah, and there's, like, hints that there are other brothers in the mix who we haven't met yet. Mm-hmm. But clearly he and Elijah were never really, like... Stefan and Damon close. Right. So it's kind of sweet. They were bros. And Klaus is now letting uh, Stefan kind of get glimpses of that fact. Because he misses his buddy. He does. Like, he doesn't have any friends. And he murdered all of his siblings. (laughs) That's what happens. You murder all your siblings. It's hard to make new friends. Oh, and I forgot, like, when they were in the warehouse with Rebecca, he took the dagger out of her and compelled a security guard to, like, offer up all his blood to her when she wakes up. Yeah. (laughs) So she's supposed to come meet them at the bar, but she hasn't shown up yet. Right. That's an important fact. Yes. And then Damon (laughs) pokes his head in at the bar and, like, gestures to Stefan to come talk to him. Mm -hmm. And Stefan's like, I need a drink. A real one. LOL. He's talking about murder. And Klaus, like, lets him go to hunt. Mm -hmm. So Stefan goes outside and and shoves Damon up against the car, which is their customary greeting to (laughs) shove somebody against the wall. (laughs) Right. And he's like, what the fuck is your problem? I had... How many times do I just tell you to leave me the fuck alone? And Damon's like, so what is it? Are you good? Are you bad? You kill Andy and then you save me? Like, who are you, me? Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> but Stefan finally, like, spells it out for him. He's like, Elena is the key to everything. Klaus thinks that she died in the sacrifice. And if he finds out that she didn't, he's going to kill her because his hybrids aren't working. So you need to get her out of here now. And meanwhile, Elena is, like, just standing there in the street looking at them like, uh-oh. Yep, and she's wearing a sassy purple dress. Yeah. Maybe this wasn't the greatest plan since werewolf forest camp out. Right. So Stefan and Elena have, like, their first one-on-one moment at this point because Damon goes inside the bar to, I guess, attend to Klaus. 
Yeah, because their plan was he would distract Klaus. So he oh, just sits right. next to him at the bar, and they'd probably say something to each other, but pretty soon Klaus is just choking Damon, which is <laughs> yeah. the other customary greeting. It escalates very quickly. Um, but Elena like goes up to Stefan, and she's like asking him to come home. Um, she gives him a hug, and they're... There's kind of like a lingering like hug for a moment and you see mm-hmm. that Elena pulls out again like the vervain dart yeah. and she's about to stab Stefan in the back with it but he's mm-hmm. too fast so he like grabs her arm um and she is unsuccessful. Yeah. And this is a move that she's pulled before. Uh she did this to him when he was uh, on a blood binge in season one right. after Miss Mystic Falls. Mm-hmm. But she actually su- succeeded that time but now he's too quick. Right. And he has some words for her. Um, He's like, listen, Elena, I'm not coming home. I've left bodies scattered from Florida to Tennessee. The part of my life that was in Mystic Falls is done. I don't want to see you. I don't want to be with you. Just go. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty harsh. This is very much like uh, the Twilight Saga New Moon. Oh. Where Kristen Stewart, what's her name? Bella. (laughs) Bella has a birthday party with the Cullens, and because she's Bella, she accidentally slices her arm open on a piece of glass or something. Of course. And one of the vampire siblings, like, gets a face boner, and Edward is like, oh my god, it's too dangerous for Bella to be with me, so I'm going to have to break up with her. Right. And he he gives her, like, a very similar speech, like, I don't want you, it's over, it's, like, tricking her, it's like Harry and the Hendersons telling her, like, (laughs) go on, get (laughs) But for her own good. Right. Yes. <laughs> also in this scene, Elena's like, well, no, it'll be fine if you come with me. Like, Lexi was able to get you back from this oh, place. Yeah. Like, I just read it in your diary. And he's like, listen, it took 30 years for that plan to work. And that's half your life. I was like, what do you think human life expectancy is? <laughs> right. I mean, Elena's, sure, should be probably like 20. Yeah. But... An average, like, white lady in the U.S. would live longer than 60. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Stefan is not good at math, I understand. It's not like he's had 150-plus years to learn. <laughs> <sighs> and meanwhile, inside, Klaus has Damon, like, suspended in the air by his throat, and then he starts stabbing him with a cocktail umbrella. <laughs> oh, Yeah. They're just having a lot of fun. They are. And Damon does some, like, he he makes some comments like, oh, if you just gave me my brother back, I wouldn't keep following you around. And Klaus is like, by the time I'm done with him, he won't want to leave. Yes. How does Damon get out of this? I don't I'm, remember. like, trying to remember. Somehow he is oh, able to. Oh, you know to... what happens. What? Glor- he, he like, tackles oh. Damon to the ground is about to stake him. But then Gloria sets the stake on fire with her mind. <laughs> And it's like, take it outside, boys. Not in here. Yes. This is a classy place. Oh my gosh. I forgot that. Why didn't I write that down? That was amazing. Me too. So then we go back to Caroline, who is now in her bed, and her mom is feeding her a blood bag. Again, where do they get these? And Tyler's there, and Liz is like, listen, you got to understand your dad loves you, but we have beliefs that were passed down through generations. I'm like, yes, like gay people are bad. This is a very one-to-one metaphor. Right. And also, I just felt like it was poor timing for Sheriff Forbes to try and make excuses for her, her ex-husband torturing their daughter. 
But I think it, it was also like Caroline is so upset that her dad sees her as a monster. Like she went through this with her mom and her mom came around. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. But like her dad just doesn't seem to love her anymore. And so she's I think she's just trying to reassure her that he's trying to love her in a fucked up way. That's a good point. But then she leaves her to be alone with Tyler and Tyler says would now be a good time to give you or sorry would now be a bad time to give you crap about walking out on me (laughs) we remember that's how this all started (laughs) yes the walk of shame became the walk of torture yeah but it's cute and they start cuddling and she starts weeping and says my dad hates me (sighs) it was so so sad it was so sad it's like Good. He can go fuck himself. You deserve better. Get get him out of here. Right. And Tyler was being really nice in this scene. Yeah. He was barely in this episode, and all it was to do was to be nice to Caroline, so I appreciated right. that. <laughs> yes, me too. So then we go back to the bar where in the flashback where they're fleeing, and Rebecca is like, hey, we need to get Stefan before we get out of here. And Klaus is like, Stefan's not coming. I've compelled him. Or something. (laughs) But basically, Rebecca is explaining to Klaus that she's upset and she's tired of running. So we, again, don't know who they're running from. But she's like, Klaus, listen, I'm tired of running. I don't want to live this life anymore. I just want to be with Stefan. Yes. And Klaus is like, okay, then it's easy. Choose him or me. And she hesitates for a second. He's like, I thought so. But then she says, goodbye, Nick. Because everybody in every situation always chooses Stefan for some fucking reason. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it either. He does not really let that get him down for long. He just, he already has the dagger ready. He just zooms and stabs her in the heart. And takes her body and gets them both out of there. And then we see in the present, Klaus is back at the warehouse. Mm -hmm. And he sees the guard dead and bloody on the floor. He's like, Rebecca, come out, come out wherever you are. And she zooms up and is like, what's up, bitch? And is like, and stabs him right in the chest. Right. And she's wearing the same outfit still. Well, I mean, she just woke up. Right. Her hair is perfect. (laughs) somehow it is her makeup's pretty good it's like who knew that one of the vampire powers was like even if you're say trapped in a tomb with nothing to eat no shower nothing but a top hat yeah your hair is perfect if you're (laughs) in a coffin with a dagger in your chest for 80 years still perfect like great hair is a vampire power i'm into it it is but she has stabbed him just for funsies because she knows it can't kill him, but she says she wishes it hurt more. Mm-hmm. But Klaus is like, listen, listen, I brought you a peace offering. And Stefan comes out and they make eyes at each other, or she makes eyes at him. Right, and Stefan's just kind of like, um, hello, because he doesn't remember mm-hmm. Rebecca because he was compelled. So at this point, Klaus goes up to Stefan and he kind of gives Stefan back his memories. So everything comes flooding back to Stefan, the friendship that he had with Klaus, the love that he had for Rebecca. And this was kind of a tender moment. You see Mm -hmm. like 
the recognition and like feelings come over his face as he mm-hmm. looks at Rebecca. He's like, Rebecca. <gasps> right. <laughs> but then class is like, Stefan, what about me? Right. He's like, Stefan, we were friends. <laughs> like, don't make me the third wheel here. <laughs> yeah. He's like, we all friends. And then there's a quick flashback of the moment that photo was taken. Stefan says to a guy like, hey, come here, take a picture of me and my brother. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, I hate Klaus, but this is cute. Like, they actually were BFFs. It was in cute. The day. And then they have business to attend to. Klaus is like, family reunion, this is great, but uh, Gloria needs something from you to talk to the original witch. And she's like, the original witch? Ah. And she reaches around her neck for the necklace, but it's not there. Right. And she's like, where's my fucking necklace? Don't tell me that that's a thing you needed. And she starts ripping through the coffin to try to find it, but she can't. And this whole time, Stefan's like, wah, wah. Yeah. I gave that to my current girlfriend. Right. Whoops. (laughs) It's right outside. (laughs) So do we have, like, one more flashback to the speakeasy of Stefan picking up the necklace? I love this flashback because... It's like one second of Catherine in the 1920s. Right. Why? <laughs> like, why was she there? Just to show that she, like, knows shit about okay. the situation. Yeah. But Catherine looks great in her 1920s getup. She's wearing a flapper dress of her mm-hmm. own, and she has the, like, short bob with bangs haircut, and it really suits her face. Yeah, it was good. And basically, she's just at the bar after the raid happened, and everybody ran away, and she's looking, and she sees the necklace on the floor, but then Stefan comes, and she... So she goes and hides in the shadows. Because mm-hmm. as we knew from something she said in season two, like she's been checking up on Stefan over the years. Right. Because she was in love with him or whatever. So she probably was just following him around at this point. Yeah. That and makes spying sense. on him. And, but he thinks that she died in the tomb still. Oh, yeah. I kept on like being like, wait, was this before or after 1864? <laughs> she was but like, of course it was after because <laughs> Stefan became a vampire. But anyway, he goes in and he sees Rebecca's necklace and he picks it up. And we know that a thousand years later, he gives it to Elena. So that's fun. <laughs> a thousand years later. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and then we see this guy come in and he's like, excuse me, son. Have you seen either of these two people? And he shows these drawings of Klaus and Rebecca and Stefan has been compelled to forget them. So he's like, I've never seen them before in my life. Right. And then we see the guy. It's like this older middle-aged guy who apparently is who Klaus and Rebecca are running from. Oh, that's... Oh, I didn't get that that's what they were implying. But that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. And I thought he looked familiar, but I looked him up on IMDb and he wasn't anything. And what I realized now is that I thought he looked kind of like... Uh, Kevin from Brooklyn Nine-Nine slash the judge from The Good Place. Oh, yeah. I can see that a little bit. Yeah. But it wasn't. I wish it was. I wish it was, That guy's awesome. (laughs) So then the end of the episode is very much like the beginning of the episode. It's Catherine in a phone booth calling Damon. Right. And being sassy. Yeah. I don't even remember what she says. Yeah. She... Just, like, says some very Catherine things about, like, she's up to something, and then we see her walk away, and there's a bus that has an ad, like, Chicago Jazz on the side. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, the most vague ad for Chicago, but now we know that that's where she is. In a very New York-looking yellow cab. Mm-hmm. So we know that she is also involved in this somehow, 
It seems weird that after all the trouble she went to to get her away from Klaus, she now is, like, in the place where Klaus is. Right? But Good point. Who knows what the fuck is up with Catherine at any moment in time. She just pops up everywhere. And she's just doing, like, three-dimensional chess at all times. Like, she's yeah. 80 steps ahead of everybody else. She is. But I'm just, like, thinking back, like, over the seasons. Like, she was in Florida with, um, what was that Uncle guy's Mason. name? With Uncle Mason. She's in R. Chicago R. with Stefan. She's, like, hanging out with Isabel. Like, she's just everywhere. Much like, uh... She was Varus earlier with her little bird. She's also kind of like Littlefinger, just transporting everywhere everybody is at all times. <laughs> right. Who knew this had such parallels with Game of Thrones? Yes. Although if anybody from this show would do well in Westeros, it would be Catherine. Oh, Catherine for sure. She's kind of a less incesty Cersei. I was just Although, about to say. there's the incestuousness, I can say words in English, incestuousness of her and Stefan and Damon all fucking each other. There is, yeah. But so she's anyway, getting there. She's on her way to Cerseyhood. It's a game of stakes. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. Wow. So compared to the other episodes in season three so far, like I know this is only episode three, but this changed the game. It's so much better than the first two episodes. The first two episodes were kind of a drag. Yeah, like compare in comparison, definitely. Mm-hmm. And they were very much tied to like season two to me. Mm-hmm. It seemed kind of like the end of season two in a way because it follows directly on that. But now it's like the plot lines of season three are finally being set in motion. We've met Rebecca, who's going to be important, clearly, since she's an original. Yep. And we're, we finally find out what the fuck is going on with Klaus and Stefan. And there seems to be some forward momentum and new and interesting ways for things to go. Yes. So thank God we're back in true Vampire Diaries form. And we have a new era to flashback to. Yes. I love the flashbacks. I was sad that they didn't put the actual year on the screen. Oh, I know. Usually they do. Let's make up a year. What do, what should we call it? Well, in his diary, I think Clou- or Stefan talked about Lexi finding him in 1924. Okay. So I'm going to say this is like 1922. Sounds good. That's fair. Why Chicago, not? 1922. <laughs> Nick, 1922. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so yeah, this is a very good one. I, of course, we always love the flashback episodes. Usually we get some good ridiculous wigs. Not this time, but that's okay. I wish that we could have seen Elijah in the flashback, but obviously that wouldn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I just miss him in his face. And his classiness. So classy. But, spoiler alert, we will see him again eventually. Good. I can't I mean, wait. he is on the show of the originals. Yeah. There couldn't be an original show without at least two originals. <laughs> so, uh, in this episode, who you want to punch? Well, it's an easy pick. Yeah. I want to punch Bill. Obviously. Um, in the dick. Yeah, repeatedly. And I want to burn it in the sun. Like, Whoa. He is horrible. Yeah. Anybody doing that to Caroline is horrible. The fact that it was her dad makes it, like, infinitely worse. Yeah. And because she's getting physically physically damaged by this torture getting emotionally damaged by the fact that it's her father and he's essentially threatening to kill her he's torturing her and he's like disowning her because of what she's become but it's still the same caroline all of it because he loves her yeah if he really loved her he would at least like talk to her and like figure out what's going on with her life right He, he like doesn't ask how she became a vampire he doesn't care like what she's been through 
she tells him in the dungeon, like, she doesn't hurt anybody, like, she has it under control, she can be a vampire without killing, but he's not having it, he doesn't care, he has his vampire homophobic beliefs, vampire phobic beliefs, <laughs> and he's gonna conversion therapy her, whether she likes it or not, and it's terrible. It's terrible in the, like, literal show sense and in the metaphoric sense of not accepting you're a gay kid. Mm-hmm. And it's heartbreaking, and I agree with you. He should be punched many times in many locations. Yes. Uh, for sure. Do you have a backup aside from Bill? Oh, gosh. Damon. Damon. Damon for creeping in Elena's bed. Like, yes. He's creepily popped up in her bedroom before, but now he's, like, a hair's breadth away from rape. Yeah. And it's terrible. Like, and Elena just lets him do it. Like, she has her, like, exasperated Damon, stop it. Mm -hmm. But, like, red flags, ahoy. Yeah. And he just keeps pushing the boundaries, and I want to slap some sense into him and punch some pain into him. Yeah. He's, like, I feel like he's getting worse in terms of, like, respecting her personal space and any sort of boundaries like now that Stefan's gone it's like an open path to her yeah and it's like the interpretation you see you can see to be like slightly generous to him would be you know last week he was talking about like don't forget the feelings you felt now he's trying to like force the issue with her as to like the feelings he believes she has for him Mm -hmm. but he's doing it really rapely and I don't appreciate it and it's really a bummer that this is like currently the romantic hero we're rooting for (laughs) but this is what we have to work with in the vampire diaries it is so i'll punch him after i'm done punching bill it's a good choice i agree yeah so who you want high five hmm this is a tough one it's a toss-up between a few people yeah um I think I want to high five Cher for Yes. Even though she was only in the episode for like a few minutes, it was really good to see kind of the relationship between Cher Forbes and Caroline Mm -hmm. in a good place. It was good to see her fire a warning shot. Um, It was hilarious that she's always talking about how busy she is at the station, even though she doesn't really do anything and she's bad at her job. Um, And I like that she pulled in Tyler for backup. So all around a good episode for Sheriff Forbes. She was a badass this week. Totally. She got shit done. She rescued Caroline. Yep. So... Unlike last week, yeah, there are multiple options. I wanted to high-five a few people, Mm -hmm. which is really a change of pace for this show. (laughs) But I agree with that one, but I also Mm -hmm. want to high-five Gloria. Oh, yes, that's a good choice. Mm Because, like, witch or not, she apparently owns this bar. I don't know how long she owned it, but in the 1920s as a black woman, like, she was getting shit done for herself. Yes. Like, she must have some stories. I want to see her spinoff. Right, I know. Like, what has Gloria been doing all these years? I want to know. She seems cool. She knows everybody, apparently. She sets stakes on fire with her mind, which is very Bonnie, who we still haven't seen this season. Yeah, no Bonnie in this episode either. I love fire magic. If I was a witch, it would be all about setting things on fire (laughs) and making money appear and cursing my enemies. But anyway. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I thought she was cool and badass. Like, I like meeting new characters who immediately are just like, yeah, I get it. Right. And I like Very that much she's, like, Lexi. not scared like, of Klaus yeah. or any of the vampires. She has been around for quite a while. She doesn't take anybody's bullshit. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm into it. That's a really good choice. So, unfortunately, we can't just talk about badass ladies on this podcast. We also have to ask the question, why are men? Uh, and and I think we started on it talking about Damon. Yeah, we totally did. It's like, you want somebody to admit they have feelings for you. Okay, maybe, like, have an honest adult conversation with them, even if they're only 18. Don't go in their bed while they're sleeping and spoon them. (laughs) That's so violating on so many different levels. Yeah. It's really frustrating. And... It's hard because you can tell that there's something happening, right, between Elena and Damon. Like, you see it there Mm -hmm. um, from both of them. And it's like, be fucking mature and address this. Like, don't be creepy about it. Yeah. But both of you should be awake and consenting when anything happens. (laughs) Right. Rule number one. Rule number one. Ugh. So, yeah, why is Damon is the big question this episode. Yeah, and he, like, is still up to his same old tricks. Like, when he, like, went out and bought a dress for her and, like, started, Mm -hmm. like, nagging her when he came back to Stefan's apartment after she had just been through a traumatic event. Like, he plays her super hot and cold, if you will, where he's, like, super supportive and, like, over-caring one second. And then the next second, he leaves her alone at the apartment she almost dies and then he won't even like acknowledge the fact that it happened aside from saying like yeah i realize it was a mistake okay like let's move on yeah it makes a girl like question things when things like that happen it's frustrating yeah especially a child i mean she is 18 now as alaric said she can you know take care of shit (laughs) yeah right (laughs) alaric also not in this episode I, I guess mean, I most just of it like the normal crew. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's always fun when it's like we go away from our normal setting. It is, for sure. And of course, Chicago. Fake Chicago. <laughs> Fake Chicago. Looking good. <laughs> I love the green screenshot of the like Chicago skyline where you could see that one building that has like the diamond top. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know and the they were so the <laughs> they were so visibly like just um like clips from like Shutterstock or wherever <laughs> they, get, yes. they get shit from. Just missing the watermark. Yep. Yeah, and of course the other wireman we really need to cover is uh, Bill. Of course, yeah. And like the cliche of like the mom is the understanding, nurturing one, and the dad is the hard ass. Mm-hmm. Like he must discipline this child and enforce his male will, like patriarchal bullshit on her and doesn't take a minute to like see the nuances of the situation has no emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. and like do we need to give men more credit in most situations no but men have the capacity to like have emotions and emotional intelligence but we condition them to think that the, all of that is bad and all of that is female. And so you end up with exactly. characterization, characterization, characterizations. I swear I'm not drunk like this. <laughs> it's 1 p.m. <laughs> it is. Although time means nothing to a person who works an overnight shift. Oh, good point. <laughs> anyway, I only have had one beer. I swear to G. I might be drunk in the next episode. We'll see. Holla. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm just so furious at Bill that I cannot speak the English. No, you're making a really good point. And it reminds me of an article um, that I was reading the other day because I will be giving birth to a child that's going to be a boy. Mm-hmm. And it's like making me think a lot like how 
I want to raise him um, and how I want him to process his emotions and how I want him to be able to feel like he can be himself without having to be hyper masculine and what that means, Mm -hmm. you know, growing up in a in a society like we have today. So I was reading this article and it was talking about how for a lot of children, their first bully um, and the first kind of symptom of the patriarchy that they experience if they're not acting like super masculine is their dad. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, what you're saying about Bill kind of like really rings true. Like it's a person who thinks that they can excise their will over the people in their family to live up to whatever their exact expectations are. Yeah. But you're going to raise a very emotionally intelligent child. Hell, I'm going to try. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I'm, I'm always trying to be aware of stuff like that with my nephew, too. Mm-hmm. And, like, his parents are doing a great job with that. Like, my sister is always, like, teaching him, like, it's okay to say what your emotions are. And so he'll... He, that led to, like, the cutest thing in the world that, like, he often just says, apropos of nothing, I am happy. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, I'm happy to be with you, mama. Oh, what a sweetie. Yeah. So not only is it good to do, but it leads to your child saying impossibly adorable and heartwarming things. Yes. So another good side effect. I love it. It is possible. I'm saying this bold statement. It's possible to raise a boy child to be a good person. Yes. I know that's controversial. (laughs) It's a bold statement, but I stand behind it as well. I know there's a lot of misandria on this podcast, but it is possible for men to not be garbage. Mm -hmm. And I believe that as a team, we can pull it off. We can do it for the earth. We can. One child at a time. We're doing it. We're fighting the good fight. So outside of Damon and Bill... There was not too much wire men stuff. Like, there's a little bit with Stefan, like, doing the, like, fake I don't want you thing to Elena. It was a little mm-hmm. transparent. A little bit of creepiness with Klaus in his, like, possessive relationship over his sister. Yeah. But for this show, it was not that bad. Right. It could have been worse. And a lot of the stuff with those two, those two is just their relationship with each other. And, of course, two of our main offenders, Jeremy and Matt, were not here, and Tyler was being nice. So it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Although it was was pretty terrible with just what we had. <laughs> it was. You got to take small victories where you can find them. Yes, we certainly do. So enough of that. Who should have done it? Hmm. I'm debating between two couples. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not Damon and Elena. D- definitely not. No, that ship has sailed <laughs> in the first 10 minutes of the episode. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to pick Stefan and Klaus. Mm-hmm. Um, their friendship was very true. and They had real love for each they other. They did. They really did. And the fact that Klaus like waited, you know, 60 years or 80 years or whatever. Math years. Thousands of years. Um, for thousands of years, <laughs> I lived in secret, but I had to know him. Yeah. And like that he went and he found Stefan um, and he like set up this whole elaborate plan so that he could take Stefan along to be his like little lackey so that they could reestablish their friendship. Mm-hmm. It's super weird, but it also is kind of nice. Um, and I feel like that there's maybe a stronger bond there than just friendship. Um, at least the oh, yeah. way that Klaus is looking at Stefan these days. So that would be my choice. I approve. Who do you think should have done it? Let's see who should have done it. 
I'm going to say Tyler and Caroline. That's a good choice. Because <laughs> I feel like they're probably about to do it at the end of the episode. Or <laughs> they at were. Least, like, they're going to cuddle together and then maybe do it in the morning. Yep. But she had a long day. She had a hard day. She could really use some good loving. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Good choice. <laughs> that really was all you were going to say. easy. <laughs> I dig it. All right. Uh, so we have a couple of fun things to talk about right now. Uh, first, we have a new review on iTunes. So thank you very much to Frey Cover Band. Oh, my God. For the we nice words the that you had and for the great username that you've created. Uh, we neglected to say last time the name of our reviewer. It was Heidi Iwa. Iwa. So thank you, uh, retroactively again both of you for rating and reviewing us we really appreciate you the reviews make our day they sure do and we also had a question actually on our facebook page and we thought it would be fun to address it for all of you so uh, helen asked us one question that keeps coming up for me you throw a lot of shade at the music in the show what kind of music do you two listen to i think that that is a great question because Mm -hmm. we do talk a lot of shit and actually thinking about this question, I had a realization that one of the answers I was going to give was that I really like uh, Sky Ferreira. Uh-huh. I think she's great. And there actually was a Sky Ferreira show or song on an episode in season two. But it was like one of the only bad Sky Ferreira songs. <laughs> which is, I can say that because she didn't write it. It's called right. Obsession. And it was used, I think, actually pretty heavily in the promotion of the show. Like, it was the lead single on the Vampire Diaries soundtrack, and it's it's okay. Mm-hmm. It, it, I looked it up, and it plays in the scene where uh, Tyler and Jeremy and Sarah and Amy Bradley are dancing at the Lockwoods. Oh, okay. And Jeremy shows Tyler his werewolf drawings. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I really like her. That song's not great, but she mm-hmm. has some good stuff, and it seems like she might be finally releasing a new album. She released a cover of... Um, Voices Carry by Till Tuesday recently, which was good. So I don't really usually listen to new music that's coming out Mm -hmm. because I'm old and out of touch. Right. And as Beth just learned when I picked her up from the train station, the radio station I have on when I'm driving (laughs) is Fonz FM. Hey, there's nothing wrong with a little easy listening. Easy listening tunes of like the 70s. Right. (laughs) It's good. So what's your answer, Beth? Yeah. You are much more in touch than I am. You know, I used to be really into like finding new bands to listen to um but i was just having this conversation with mike not too long ago that like as you get older and you have more demands on your time Mm -hmm. you have less time to kind of explore new elements of like pop culture at least for me um so a lot of what i listen to now is like the same things that i've been listening to for the past while at least the same bands but um i'd say that I enjoy um, some good, like, pseudo-indie rock bands like Arcade Fire and The National. Um, I've really been into the Dirty Projectors lately. Um, I also have a soft spot for, like, um, some pop that's, like, on the radio. So I like quite a few Drake songs. Really love me some Cardi B Mm -hmm. when I need to get a little bit of, a little bit pumped up. Um, I think we give the show's music a hard time because it all has that like similar mall soundtrack type, Mm. like fray cover band-esque-ness, if you will. Um, But 
I don't know. Phoenix was also on mm. one of the episodes, and I do like Phoenix. Yeah. Um, so they pull through for us every now and then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, they can't all be winners. But this is coming from somebody who listens to, like, a lot of the same music I listen to in, like, elementary, middle, and high school. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to be going to the first concert I've been to in a while in a, in the fall sometime. And it's the 20th anniversary concert of my favorite album from the seventh grade. So <laughs> that goes, which was Pack Up the Cats by Local H. So I'm really not the best person to ask about music tips because it's all that and Joanna Newsom. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. You like what you like. It's true. So thank you for reaching out, Helen. We love talking about ourselves, obviously. (laughs) We sure do. So if anybody else has any questions they want to ask us about the show, about our lives, about anything, feel free to hit us up on any of our social media. Uh, You can mystic follow us on Twitter at the VD Diaries. You can see on there that occasionally I take BuzzFeed quizzes about the Vampire Diaries and keep on getting Elena as the result, and it's terrible. (laughs) How horrifying. I know. (laughs) Although I did take one that was to find out which original is my soulmate, and I got Elijah. Oh, well, that's just scientifically true. Obviously. Uh, You can follow us on Facebook as well at the Vampire Diaries Diaries. Uh, We also have an Instagram at the underscore vd underscore diaries underscore podcast and we've been pretty good with updating the instagram yeah um we often have little funny clips from the episode i don't think we'll have any from this week but you can catch some old classics on there right and you know what's funny uh my nephew who i'm gonna just talk about nonstop apparently on this episode he really likes when he's visiting with you to look at your phone to see all the pictures and videos of himself. Oh. And he was scrolling through my phone one day and he pulled up the video that we took of Elena watching her mom burn to death. Oh my God. And he just kept watching it over and over. And I was like, I should probably put a stop to this. This is really disturbing. But he found it fascinating. It anyway. was fascinating. So yeah, follow us on Instagram. Yes, please. And you can uh, find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, all your general podcast apps and newfangled things. Yep. Yeah. We're out there on the internet. We are. We're living our best life out there on the web. And we always love to hear from you. If you want to rate and review us, please do. The good, the bad, the ugly, we want it all. True. We haven't gotten a bad review in a while, and maybe we could stand to be taken down a peg. Whatever <laughs> yeah. you want to say to us, it's cool. Just remember that one of us is pregnant. Yes. Don't so insult my unborn child. <laughs> so anyway, uh, have a wonderful week. I hope that if you have any old friends, that they give you your memories of your friendship back. And don't lose your necklace. Pro tip. He's a ripper. Mozzarella. <laughs>